You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to the podcast, Hunter Evans, Ooh. our resident head coach and head coach. Sunshine Pumper and <laughs> Alabama fan. Back from his holdout. I'm sorry. He, he I need looking... a better contract. Yeah. And, you know, I got it finally. <laughs> yeah, Hunter uh, pulled a Brandon Albert on us over here. And Real hardball. He told us if we don't get more Bold City Brewery beer for him every episode that he's not coming back. So we finally got... Got that worked out, and now we've got three Crowlers from Bold City Brewery downtown. They gave us three beers that are exclusive to that location, and they are definitely limited batch, so make sure to go check them out. Bold City downtown is on East Bay Street. You can find them online at boldcitybrewery.com, and you can find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. Welcome again to the Gen Jack Podcast. Hunter, how are we doing? It's been a month. What is going on? What have you been up to? Oh, what is going on? Not much. Just been nonstop football for about four or five weeks. Nonstop football? Yes. For Creekside, obviously, for spring football. Uh, Just ended last Friday. Uh, Gotta take on the mighty Blue Devils of Stanton. One forty to fourteen. So, Ooh. yeah, it was a nice, That's nice a... way to cap off a long four weeks. Yeah, that is exciting. How about that? Well, this is the thirtieth episode of the podcast. We realized this week that there were two episode twenty seven. So while we thought we would be bringing you the 29th episode, 
We're actually bringing you the 30th episode, so we there will be no episode 29. <laughs> we were just foreshadowing uh, our uh, first our first pick this year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. Welcome again, and you can find us online at genjag.com. We've got all the latest news, <laughs> analysis, Jaguars videos, podcasts, obviously. Um, got a lot of good content going up there every day. And make sure to check out UCF Jaguar on YouTube, who's our video correspondent. He does all the Gen Jag videos, so make sure to go check him out. He's actually hosting a live uh, forum tonight. So that's pretty exciting oh, yeah. for him on YouTube. Q&A. So that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, check out UCF Jaguar. You can check out myself on Twitter, at Jordan DeLugo, Scott Klein, at Scott Klein one And Hunter, what's your new Twitter handle? At Coach H underscore Evans. All right. I'm going to have to learn that one. I haven't learned it yet. I know. Yet. Sorry, it's, it's a little different, less underscores, but you know, a little more professional. <laughs> Good stuff. So also at GenJag.com, you can find all the information out about GenJag's membership program. You get a member card that gets you discounts at Metro Diner, Burrito Gallery, Mellow Mushroom, all sorts of fun places, Sports Mania. Um, Check that out. You get a t-shirt, koozie, sticker, and the best part, you get to drink for free at every home game tailgate. So go check that out at genjag.com. We'd love to have you join our cause and support the Jaguars with us. We've got a loaded show today. Uh, OTAs started this week for the Jaguars and for the rest of the league. Several key players were missing. Uh, Blake Bortles spoke after the first day of OTAs. He had a lot to say. There's going to be no more cuts to 75 in the NFL. We'll get into that. We'll get into all the comments from Doug Marone, Brian Walters' injury, Victor Cruz, Orlando Franklin both visiting with the team, uh, Daly's place opening this weekend. The Jaguars are going to have joint practices with the Patriots. It's a loaded episode, and the best part of it is we're going to introduce our first ever guest of the Gen Jag podcast. It's so exciting. It is exciting. <laughs> it's going to be Jaguars beat writer Mike Kay who writes for First Coast News, and we're really excited to have him on. We're going to get into some hard-hitting Jaguars questions that we have for Mike, and uh, hopefully he'll be the first of many guests on the Gen Jag podcast. But, you know, episode 30, we thought might be time to get a guest. Bring in the heavy hitters. Yeah, so <laughs> we're excited about that. We hope you guys are excited about it, too. Um, so... I guess we can go ahead and start the show off with Mike. Um, and he's a guy that's been writing about the Jags for a couple years now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's one of my favorite beat writers that they've had. Uh, find him just very articulate. And we'll welcome in Mike here. Hey, Mike, how's it going? I'm wonderful. How about you guys? We're doing great. Happy to have you on the show. Everybody say hey to Mike. <laughs> How you doing today, Mike? We've got um, our co-hosts here, Scott Klein and Hunter Evans, and uh, we're happy to have you on. How's everything going here today? Obviously, it's a gloomy day outside, but hope, we hope that doesn't have you down. Yeah, no, it doesn't. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow's OTAs, and then Friday's a big day because we'll get to actually watch an entire practice, so... Uh, yeah, you know, and it seems like Daly's play. You know, I, I'm actually staring at the stadium right now at First Coast News. Uh, 
and you know watching Daly's plate get its final touches. So it's it's an okay day. Awesome. So yeah, speaking of Daly's place, does it look like it's going to be ready for Saturday? That's what Lamping's telling everybody, <laughs> especially today. That's so what we heard. Yeah. That That's going to be very interesting to see how that all goes down. But we're not here to talk about concerts. We're here to talk about Jaguars football. Before we get into that, though, we'd like to just get some background information from you. You know, how did you end up writing about the Jaguars? What led you to get here and just a little bit about yourself for our listeners. Sure. Uh, I've been writing for First Coast News. Uh, this is going to be my third season covering the team. Uh, I cover them 24-7 as a beat writer. And uh, before that, I worked for SB Nation for four years. Uh, I worked for their main uh, uh, mothership website as a general news writer. And then I covered the Philadelphia Eagles for Bleeding Green Nation. I also covered ASU out in Arizona before I got here. So I've been doing this for about 10 years professionally for about six or seven. That's awesome. So I know there's a lot of people out there that uh, can relate to how you started out and myself being one of them. I'm looking forward to hopefully having a more official position at some (laughs) point in the future here too. But um, so you wrote for the Eagles. How long were you or wrote about the Eagles? How long did you do that? Uh, For three years. Cool. So, are you originally from Philly, or? I'm originally from New Jersey. I just kind of grew up, you know, as an Eagles fan. Uh, did it blogging-wise for a little while, then took it more professionally, and it led to, uh, you know, my opportunities covering ASU, and then eventually the Jaguars. That's awesome, man. So, there's a big contingent of Eagles fans in Jersey, right? Correct, yeah. Uh, but I'm actually from Northern Jersey, not Southern Jersey, where that's where most of the Eagles fans are. Uh, so you're like the odd man out up there. Yeah. So, so my my grandfather. Funny story is my grandfather when I was young used to watch Eagles and Giants games. He grew, he was the Giants fan, and I always used to work root for the green team when he rooted for the blue team. So that <laughs> kind of started my love for uh, the Eagles. And uh, obviously, since becoming a professional, I've had to kind of tame that back quite a bit. Right. Right. And so, have you developed any passion for the Jaguars, or is this all just business? No, it's all just business. I mean, I've developed a passion for the fan base. I think the fan base is terrific. Uh, I like interacting with you guys. Uh, I'm a big believer, and I'm a fan that got really lucky and is living my dream. And uh, any way I can pay that forward is a a good opportunity for me. And I love breaking news, and I think I've proven to be one of the better sources of doing that. Yeah, I think we would all agree with that here. We love reading your work. Not only your breaking news, but your more in-depth analysis. Um, Obviously, we're here to talk about Jaguars football, so everybody's got a few questions for you here to uh, enlighten us and hopefully enlighten our listeners as well. So without further ado, uh, we'll go ahead and start with Scott Klein, who uh, has a question about the locker room. Yeah. Hey, hey, Mike. It's Scott here. Um, hey, I was. Uh, there's been a lot of turnover with an asterisk uh, over the past off season. Um, Gus Bradley's always been the kind of, you know, the face of the the rah rah kind of <laughs> happy go lucky uh, locker room. Um, what's what's the? Is there any kind of? Do you feel any kind of difference um, coming from the building with, you know, obviously the tough man Tom being at the top. You know, Doug Marone stepping in to the head coach position. Um, is there just a different feel um, inside the building? And 
and something that could potentially bleed down into the locker room as far as, you know, having much more of a work and, uh, and make everything perfect kind of attitude? Sure. It's a, uh, I would say it's a tighter locker room, and I don't mean that by, like, tight-knit. I mm. would say that the obligations of players are a lot more developed and defined. Uh, I would say that practice is a lot less carefree. Yeah. Um, I would also say that, that Coughlin has a presence about him. If you've ever met him, if you've ever heard him speak in person, he just has an aura about him. And I know that sounds weird, and as a guy who covered the Eagles and covered a lot of his games, you don't realize it until he's running the organization that you're covering. And I, I think... I think fans will be happy with that, but I think also fans are losing sight of the fact that Doug Marone is extremely involved in this. I also, you know, I've reported it all summer. Dave Caldwell is so heavily involved in this team. He actually might be more involved with decision-making than he was in the past. Uh, He's been involved in every free agent signing. He's been involved in in every aspect of the offseason. So I I think people are a little misguided when a lot of people talk about Tom being the ultimate decision-maker and overseeing everything and making every decision. It is truly a group effort, uh, which has been refreshing because the way it was sold isn't always the way it it, it actually is. But that's the way it seems to be at this point. Yeah, speaking of that, um, that seems like something that until there's a big fracture and and a train of thought that it should go smoothly. But do you think that there could be potentially power struggle at certain times with, you know, the cliche, too many cooks in the kitchen? No, because I think they all have their defined roles. I think there was uh, during, and I'm trying to think of a way to explain this without having to go into great detail. I think when Gus was here, there was a little bit of carryover from Gus into the personnel side and Codwell into the coaching side, and I just don't think that that vibes. Uh, I think Codwell is a guy that gets a lot more flack than he might deserve. I think his draft made a lot of sense to some extent. Um, some of his free, I've agreed with a lot of his free agency deal. Uh, I think a problem was that the coaching staff prior to was not – it didn't appear that they were concerned with doing what's right for the player and molding to the player as opposed to molding to the system. And I think that that's when you fail. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully those guys can keep it all, keep it all with the same mindset down there. Now, Hunter has a more position specific question for you over here. Hey Mike, it's Hunter. Um, A glaring issue still in this team, something that I think a lot of people thought would be addressed in the draft. um, The tight ends. What would be uh, a solution that you see the team taking, or what would be a solution you would take uh, for our questionable tight ends that we have? So I think the team's going to move away from 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends. Uh, I think it's going to be more 11 personnel, uh, especially when you have the three wide receivers that they have. You have to get your best players on the field. You've got to get your best playmakers on the field. I think Ben Koyak is very much primed for a, for a feature role as he can block and catch. Uh, I think Neil Sterling's a guy you could slip it in there as a move tight end, but as Coughlin said earlier this offseason, if a guy is 85% receiver and 15% blocker, you're going to get the nickel corner no matter what, and it's basically going to take away your advantage. Um, Mercedes Lewis is entering a very pivotal, tra- pivotal training camp for him, uh, and I think 
Michael Rivera's kind of the wild card. He's more of a receiving tight end, not much of a blocker. You saw his uh, targets receipt significantly when Jack Del Rio took over the Raiders. Uh, and I don't think that was all for not. I think, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle for him. 60% of his, of his contract guaranteed, so he might have a shoe in to make the roster. I think it's going to be between him and Neil Sterling or him and Mercedes Lewis to make the final roster. And I think, I think what you do is, if you're going to employ a fullback, uh, you're not going to, if, when you're running 21 personnel, you're not, you're never going to run, it, it, unless you're in the red zone or goal line, you're not going to run 22 personnel through running back to tight end. So it doesn't really make sense to carry four tight ends. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> would you do anything to address the position <clears throat> further with what, with what you see the role becoming with the tight end on this team? Do you think they should just go with it? I think Gary Barnage is a nice add. I mean, he's a local guy. Uh, I think he's very talented. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if you need to invest in the – you've just invested two seventh-round picks in Koyak and Sterling. They're both cheap. They're both – they both have upside. You've got to – free agency is meant to supplement. It's not meant to be your entire roster. And they brought so many vets in. I know that uh, – I wrote a piece today about how Marone wants to ease rookies in. Right. But these are two guys that are, you know, store-bought. Uh, you know, you've developed them. They're your toys. They're not toys that you have on rent or borrowed. Right. You know, so you've been able to develop them from the ground up. And, yeah, I know the coaching staff is somewhat new, but Hackett's been around both Sterling and Koyak for two years. Speaking of Hackett. Yeah. That kind of leads us into our next question here. Yeah, you, you, you touched it, you uh, touched on it a bit in, in your last answer, but I uh, we saw what seemed to be a, a market improvement on the offense when Hackett took over, running a sort of variation of Greg Olson's offense. Um, what what do you think could be expected uh, coming forward from uh, Nate Hackett being able to install his own offense and kind of get what he believes? is the way to go uh, throughout the whole offseason. So last year, Ivory, between Ivory and Yeldon, they had almost 900 snaps. Uh, I don't think that Fournette's going to be the three-down guy to start with, but mm-hmm. you will see the ball carried significantly more. That I can assure you. Yeah. You know, uh, when they were in the top five in, in, in running the ball for one of the seasons under Hackett, Marone, Buffalo, and they used the fullback quite a bit for Frank Summers, about 29 to 30% of plays. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. Uh, you don't draft the fullback without using it significantly. I think that that's going to be a situation where they do try to look to, you know, get a lead blocker in there because they struggled so much in getting yardage when nothing was there. Uh, I think the problem for Ivory and Yeldon, and I've said this for a while, is I think there's a vision issue. Uh, they're not really guys that create on their own on a consistent basis. I think Fournette has much better vision. I think he's much faster. I think he's got more to his game. But I think you'll see them try to run the ball a lot more. I think fullback will be used in. I think you could see a sixth lineman out there in certain situations like they did last year. Um, you know, I, I think there's there's an advantage to having I, – I think I think a lot of people lose sight of the fact that the Jaguars, yeah, their starters need to be figured out, but they have decent offensive line depth. Uh, they're not like hurting for depth. They're just hurting for understanding that they need starters and, and having those guys gel together. Yeah, it seems like there's depth on at almost every position on the team. They established a little more DB depth with the corners this week. 
and obviously with Jalen Myrick um, in the draft, but that might be their least deep area is DB, despite having such a strong group of starters at DB. But um, speaking of Fournette, do you buy into all the talk that he's not going to be great out of the backfield? Because I've watched a lot of LSU tape for him, and I've never seen him drop a pass, and I've seen him look very fluid trying to receive the ball out of the backfield, even running deep downfield. I think it'll be a transition because the speed of the guys that are going to be put on him is going to be a little different. Um, You know, I, I think if you put a safety on him, he might struggle. If you put a linebacker on him, that guy's toast. I think right. Burnett's a guy that will be able to get open. Um, will he consistently receive the ball? I don't think he really needs to. I mean, they've publicly backed Yeldon as a good receiving running back, which, depending on how you feel about that, I mean, that'll tell you a lot. But, uh, you know, I think you need a guy to be a third down back and not necessarily run for that to the ground. Uh, when I covered the Eagles, they had Michelle McCoy, and they ran him into the ground. And it took them a year or two to recuperate from two seasons of overuse. Yeah, uh, I don't think it was anybody to give a rookie running back more than 300 touches. Yeah, unless your name's Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, you could do that long term, but I just don't think, especially when you have the wide receiver talent that you have, uh, and, you know, that's yeah. the thing. I think a lot of people say, you know, we got the running back to make flight better. Well, if you if your quarterback can't do it on his own, with even, you know, average running back. Last year, he didn't have a running game, period. But if you have average progression from a running game uh, and he can't deliver, it's not going to help you at all. So I think, you know, from, a, from the standpoint of Fournette, I think he is a guy that you want to maul people with running the football, but you don't necessarily want to get him out in space consistently catching the ball. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And LSU obviously didn't do that too often. Um, so Hunter has an interesting question. I don't think I've actually seen anyone write anything about this or, uh, <clears throat> touch on this yet. What do you got for him, Hunter? Yeah, I, with this draft being such a straightforward draft as it was, very few head scratchers, I'm wondering... I disagree with that. I, yeah, I thought <laughs> I was going to get into that But a couple of the Jags picks I was wondering about, and I was wondering... If you could go back to the draft and change any of the Jaguars' picks and either pick somebody else or just not pick that guy, what pick would it have been and why? So I would say D.D. Westbrook, just because you're at a condition where you have – you're at least 40 wide receiver. Um, and I thought, you know, as I said, they have good depth at, on the offensive line. If you're sold on Cam Robinson just playing tackle, I would have gone with Dorian Johnson uh, out of Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, who went a couple of a couple of picks later in the fourth round. Um, I think the guy I that liked I him really kind of emerged. Yeah, and uh, you know, but you know, I'm not going to kill them for any of their picks. I Merrick, Myrick, I had as a, as a fourth round pick, uh, and they had pretty high too. Uh, I was at Marquez uh, Williams Pro Day. He absolutely crushed it. Um, Blair Brown was a bit of a surprise, but I, I liked the pick from, from everything that I've seen. Uh, Smoot is, is a very underrated selection. Uh, I immediately immersed myself in his tape uh, after day two. 
is exactly what they want in a strong side defensive end, especially because the defense isn't changing all that much. So I think a lot of people looked at value, but this draft was not a draft for, for value. It did not seem like. Outside of the Cam Robinson selection, it was not. It, Myrick and him were probably the two value picks. But I think, uh, you know, is an interesting pick. I'll just say that. <laughs> I think anyone would agree with that, certainly. Um you know, I, I have a lot of questions about what they were doing during the draft, but we can get into that another time. Um, my final question for you here is, do you think the team will adjust the strong side linebacker role to get Puzlesny on the field more? Because that's a position that's really been almost absent in, in the Jaguars' past couple seasons. I don't know if they will for sure, but they need to. Yeah. Uh, you, you're going to move a 10-year middle linebacker who's never played strong side, even in college, to a position after he's played Mike his entire career. Um, I saw what happened with Ryan Davis when they moved him. I've seen what's happened with Dan Scuda. I just, if the position's the same as well as me, I believe, will have will struggle. Um because everybody else has, and there's no reason to think he'll do any any different. Yeah. Uh, you had to get Miles Jackett middle linebacker. You had to. It was something that needed to happen. Uh, you had to, you know, you've spent a lot of draft capital on him. He's extremely talented. You had to see what you had there. Um, you know, they drafted Blair Brown. Some people thought he could play Sam. I think he's a little too, too small for that. Um, I think long-term he projects as a will. Yeah, to um, me that could... You know what? If if Miles Jack fails at middle linebacker, you could always move Blair Brown to middle and have Jack play uh, Sam. So I think they needed to add you. I was actually surprised because Lesney stuck around, uh, to be honest with you. Um, it just seemed like they were getting rid of a lot of the veterans that had been there for a while, had tried to succeed and perform well individually, but just couldn't make progress for the defense. You yeah, know, no you question. Roy Millers, Derek Marks. No question about and, that. Uh, so it's a little puzzling, um, but I think, you know, Pazlozny is a worker. He is one of the most genuine people you'll ever meet. He cares about the team. He's team first. He will do everything he can to make the most of this move, and I, and I think he, he will attempt to do that. I, I just I don't, I don't know how they're going to switch it up, but uh, they need to. Yeah, I'm with you there. That's kind of, kind of what I was, I've been thinking myself. I just... I don't see how you take that guy off the field and just have him on the field, you know, 15 to 25 snaps a game. But um, we'll see what happens there. Obviously, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the whole linebacker core. Uh, Blair Brown, to me, it seems like is a very similar pick to the Telvin Smith pick. Obviously, they were both fifth round, and they're both um, undersized a bit, even though Brown is bigger than Smith. Uh, he seems like a guy that could end up being a Telvin Smith replacement if things don't go well in um, contract negotiations. I'd say that's a pretty astute observation. And Westbrook as well with Lee and Robinson. Do you have any inside Uh, scoop on those guys (laughs) on the contracts? I think this is a situation where they're going to let it play out. I think Telvin's probably the most deserving and consistent of the guys. I think Allen Robinson is kind of, you know, both the team and Allen Robinson are in a weird place because 
he did have the drop off last year. It was not a good year. It wasn't just because of Blake. Um, and you know, he's going to want top five wide receiver money. And it's a situation where do you give him that? If you're not sure how consistent he can be, uh, you saw how Holmes fell off a little bit. Um, and then you can't really play Marquise Lee. You really can't right now. Yeah. Unless you want a team-friendly deal. And if I were Marquise Lee, I would not sign that deal at all. No way. I mean, you see what so, guys like Marvin Jones can get. Marquise Lee has another solid year. I think he'll be right in that market. Yeah, I think Marvin Jones is a, is a pretty decent money comparison. Um, you know, and, and at worst, he's getting Jeremy Curley money from what he got with the Jets a while back. So, you know, it's one of those things where – I think you have to evaluate where your roster is. Linder's going to be interesting because yesterday Moreau mentioned Linder potentially playing guard again. The center and guard markets financially are significantly different uh, depending on where you're playing. So that'll be something also to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah, and when you say different, obviously guard's getting a lot more than center, correct? Uh, depends on the type of offense. It depends on the coaching staff, but it, it's very inconsistent. It's the numbers, and it also something to keep in mind too. He's only played 32 games in three seasons. He's had a lot of injury issues. I don't know how much leverage he has. And if you're playing, you know, if he has another great year this year and he's playing right guard, you could command a decent amount of money. Right guards get paid pretty well now. Yeah, you know, because the running game does need to be effective. And they played really well when he played right guard. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, that'll definitely be interesting to watch throughout the offseason. So we really appreciate you coming on, Mike. I feel like this has been a great first guest speaker of the podcast. And uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. How can everybody follow you if they want to stay up to date with your news and analysis? Sure. It's uh, at Mike underscore like an Eric, and then uh, underscore K-A-Y-E. Like K the jeweler is only with an E at the end. There you go. Uh, So, yeah, there it is. Or you can follow me on Facebook, uh, Mike K. Uh, I'm there. Awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming on. It was great getting to get a little inside scoop on what you think about what's going on, and I'm sure we'll be talking here in the future pretty soon. Any uh, final notes that you think – fans should really pay attention to over the next week or so with OTAs? Yeah, I think, you know, you touched on about about the DB depth. Uh, It's going to really come into play over the next couple of weeks. uh, I mean, I think that that's something that we're going to be able to see whether they actually have depth or not. Uh, I think it's a genuine concern behind Jalen, AJ, and and Aaron Colvin. Um, And we'll just see see what they have to do. And behind Barry Church and... and, uh, and Sean Gibson, not that Gibson played well at all last year, but behind them, I don't know what you're going to do with safety if one of those guys goes down. Yeah, that's definitely a big question mark. Obviously, they've got some semi-experienced guys back there in terms of Peyton Thompson, but you don't really want him hitting the field too much as a defensive player. He's obviously a good special teams player. But, yeah, DB depth is definitely going to be a huge concern, and Thanks again for coming on, and uh, make sure to go follow him on Twitter and Facebook. And It's been Mike K, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon, buddy. Sounds good, guys. Have a good one. All right. Go Jags. All right. So that was our first ever guest interview on the Gen Jag podcast. 
Big shout out to Mike for coming on. You guys have anything uh, that you took away particularly from that? Uh, I mean, it was. I think it was almost like a breath of fresh air sometimes. Like yeah. You, getting to hear someone talk and have an inside scoop, but you can tell their inside scoop has a little bit of knowledge of the game, not just what they hear mm-hmm. in yeah. interviews. Um, yeah. I, I thought it was awesome. Like all his answers were, you know, it, it, was, it left you open to kind of take it how you want in a way, but also had enough information that was like, that's pretty straightforward. So. Yeah. I mean, and it's, and it's, Great to have a guy like that who who clearly he you know he he knows he has got a lot of knowledge about the game and yeah. he's got an insight like he's in the building he's talking with the guys with the yeah. front office with he's you know he's been down there with the players it's his, pretty, pretty refreshing kind of cool actually it, it looks nice. I was just sitting there listening to him like oh yeah I forgot this is on the show <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah his uh, his answer to the tight end though actually answered another question that I wanted to answer about like what was going to be the Jaguars base personnel mm-hmm. you know they want the tight end they want the fullback all this stuff but they have what four or five good receivers so what's going to be their base personnel and him answering that with eleven maybe a little bit of you know twenty here and there twenty one. And for our listeners who don't know, 20, 21, 20 we've is, gone over 11 before. Yeah, 11 is one tight end, one running back. T- your base personnel is going to be 10. One running back, no tight ends. you got 11 is a tight end. Uh, 12 will be two tight ends. And then you go to 20, which is two running backs, no tight end. 21, two running back, a tight end. And, you know, 22 or 23 is like your goal line. Right. Uh, heavy packages. So. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be able to be versatile in their packages. But is that going to be something that's going to be conducive to Blake doing as well as he possibly can? Yes. I would hope so. I'll tell you one reason that it will be. Just from the simple standpoint of we can throw so many different looks at you that it takes a lot of pressure off just number five. If I can throw out D.D. Westbrook, Marquise Lee, uh, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, whatever tight end you want to throw, a fullback look, you know, all these different looks, there's so much more that they have to game plan for that they can't focus on just the guy slinging the rock. Yeah. One thing I really would like to see is a lot of different play calls from the same formation and different types of plays from the same formations because I think if Blake is really comfortable with a formation, which clearly he's been really comfortable with 11 personnel Mm -hmm. but if you can pass and run out of that that's Mm -hmm. just going to be amazing for the Jaguars and it's going to be tough for defenses to stop him when he's comfortable in his comfort zone and I've seen that in the past a big thing with being able to run multiple different plays out of the same look is being able to identify and react Uh pre-snap yeah so it's 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 a lot it might put a lot of weight on Blake's shoulders as far as you know you get in the film room you gotta you gotta recognize coverages, really start hitting the books and try and just put the team in the best position on every single play. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't seem like he's obviously always been able to do that. I mean mm-hmm. he looks confused sometimes when he throws <clears throat> the ball. There's, there's been many interceptions in his uh three years in the <laughs> league that were not just um were not just poor throws. They were just poor decisions yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, not being able to read the defense properly. And so that's going to be something that's going to be obviously probably the hottest topic in Jacksonville uh, for the next three or four months until the season starts, five months. Um, 
It's going to be fun to watch play out. And thanks again for Mike coming on. We really appreciate it. And big shout out to our sponsors, Bold City Brewery, who bring to you this and every episode of the Gin Jag podcast. And uh, they sponsor our guest line as well. So big shout out to them. Make sure to go check them out at boldcitybrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bold City Brewery. And go check out their new location downtown East Bay Street. You can get yourself a Crowler. They've got three new beers that are all exclusive to that location. We're drinking them all right now. We've got the Hot Burst Number One, which is a pale ale. A uh, little hoppy, but not too too much considering it's a pale ale. Uh, and it's called Hot Burst, but it's not like too much hops. <laughs> I think even people who aren't real hop heads could enjoy that. Then you've got the Passion Fruit Pale Wheat which is 6%. It's actually stronger than the pale ale, but it's got a nice light fruity flavor, obviously. And you've got the Smash Double IPA, which is your uh, Big Daddy 9%. That's what we've been saving. That's what I'm going with now. <laughs> That's right. And we are actually about to uh, do an exclusive... Let's pop that top. <laughs> pop top of this uh, Smash Double IPA and give you a quick little review. If we can get it open. There we oh. go. Smells like Bigfoot's dick. <laughs> Thank you for that one, Hunter. Let's, let's see. Yeah, Hunter's been uh, smelling all the beers. I'm sorry. It's, it's a bad He's been habit. having a good time with doing it. I have. I have. And a lot of interesting smells, I'm sure. This one is its a very strong, thick smell. <laughs> I'm, uh, all right, let's get it. Yeah, let's move on past Hunter's reviews here. They're uh, getting more inappropriate by the second. But obviously, we just learned a lot from Mike. Um, let's get into our missing players from training camp. Telvin Smith, Doug Marone made it clear that he was excused, basically. Yeah. And uh, he was expected to not be there. Brandon Albert, we all know what's going on. Even though it was reported over the weekend that the Jaguars believed he would be at OTAs, he's not. Looks like he's probably not going to show up until it starts costing him money. Yeah. Uh, who knows if they'll trade him. I doubt it. But It's crazy we're talking about trading a guy we just, we it, just traded for. It is something else. But Maroon said they're in contact, kind of. Yeah. Texting with each other and such. But it'll be interesting. And obviously the biggest... No show was Jalen Ramsey. This guy's supposed to be the leader of the team. He had an excuse, though. <laughs> His excuse was he's sitting courtside at the Cavs-Celtics game. What is that? It's a, it's a you thing. Got basketball all his life. Paul is life. For him, it should be football. I know he's sponsored <laughs> by Jordan, but you need to stick with football, buddy. Uh, Interesting. Is that concerning? Is that a big deal? What? I mean... It's an OTA. It's they're going through the motions right now. Yeah. It's just you know getting back in the building, getting loose. Make sure it's the first. You'd like to have your guys come in because it's kind of the first opportunity that to get into the building, get with your coaches, and start getting everybody on the same page. But I mean, I believe it's still voluntary. It is. Um, it but doesn't I feel like when you're on a Tom Coughlin team. Yeah. The words voluntary are certainly. When his, You've got some quotes around that. When his superstar corner is <laughs> at a basketball game when everyone else is busting their butt down here, I, I bet he 
he put a hole in his wall. <laughs> I know, man. This isn't like, you know, Michael versus the Detroit Bad Boys back in the day. This is the Cavs, who are clearly going to win the series despite being down much a big 16 points in that game. They're clearly going to win the series. And Isaiah Thomas, the Celtics' best player, isn't even out there. And Jalen has to skip... OTAs for that? It might. There might be something going on we don't know about in the area that he says, while I'm here, might as well take in a game. I don't like it. He was very public about it. To me, it's... Uh, as far as posting pictures and videos and stuff. To me, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. I'm, I'm being a little bit uh, far-fetched <laughs> in my take here, but I do think it's bad optics. Yeah. You don't want your number one corner and for all intents and purposes your best player that you've drafted in a long time a really long time to be skipping the first day of OTAs everybody else is there you you kind of in a perfect world all 90 guys are going to be married to football and there's nothing else on the radar but these are young guys they just came into a lot of money um yeah I hate it He's a star, man. Like yeah. he's just such a star. Like it's so annoying to hear yeah. that. Though. I'm in Cleveland. I'm Set, gonna go watch the game. Everybody's a star in Cleveland. Literally. <laughs> like, no, but I mean, he's a star. Like his attitude is such that of a star yeah. player. Like so, yeah. if he was, he's an alpha dog. If he was playing for the New York Giants, I agree. Or the New England Patriots or something, he would be all over yeah. ESPN every single day. It's it's frustrating to me. I think it might be blown out a little little out of proportion. By, a, by the fan side of it. But it's frustrating to me when the CBA and the next, you know, occurrence of the CBA agreement is going to lessen practice. Like, you already have such limited it's already, amount of it's practice. Already, like, Y'all are already one of the softest professional leagues in sports. In terms of practice. In yeah. terms of practice and, like, how physical they are with their practice. And you're missing practices. Yes, I know it's it's technically an optional or a voluntary thing, but like, holy crap, man! Like, it, it's just annoying to me as a high school coach, especially. Like, we just went through four way four weeks, twenty days of you know almost full padded practices, and these guys are in Cleveland catching basketball games instead of hey hey Jalen playing football. Go to game one, man. Seriously, I like, mean, what do you? It's not like well, you can't plan you your doing? schedule around it. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty odd. Does it hurt him? No, probably not. But Maybe from a fan at- perspective, it just makes you look not good. Or as good as you could be when everybody else is there. Yeah. It just makes you scratch your head. Yeah. I, I, there's nothing, I don't, to me, there's nothing to be concerned about. I mean, Not at this point. Yeah. But we also said that about Brandon Albert. Yeah. And look where that's led to now. So... I'm not trying to compare Jalen's situation to Brandon Alberts. I'm just saying we don't know what's happening or why he's not there. Mm. Nope. We really don't. So, moving on from that, uh, Doug Marone going to play around with the O-line a little bit. Talked about Linder maybe going back to right guard. Um, So, what do we think about the Jags playing around with the O-line to me, that just means they're going to try to find the best five and sit them out there. That's ex- yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Just find find the best five and go. Get good football players on the field. Do you agree with that take, Hunter? Get the best five guys? Well, no. Just I think that this move, you know, trying to move guys around the line to see what they can do, is indicative of them just trying to find the best five to go get out there and play. 
Yeah, I mean, in their situation, what do you have to lose? Like, you kind of have an idea already of where who belongs where. Might as well try them everywhere else. I mean, I think if if it's best for Linder to go to guard and either Shatley or Buenco or somebody to go to center, that's what you do. Like at this point, both of those guys win. have good tape. I think Blanco, which is interesting. I love Tyler Shatley. I think I've said that. I really like Blanco. So do I. I he, do too. He came in as a rookie and yeah, he fared well. He's, he's been injured. That's really been the main thing that's kept him off the field. I yeah. mean, a day one starting roster with Blanco, Linder, AJ Can, Parnell, and Cam Robinson. I mean, that's a very young offensive line that could really gel together, and you know, we'll see what happens, mm-hmm. but. I didn't hear Brandon Albert. Yeah, I'm kind of over him at this point. Like, <laughs> if he shows he's up, dead he, to you. I mean, he shows he's not up, dead whatever. to you, but show up. Like, he, come on, hey, man. But, like, when he starts losing money is when we'll know if he's for real. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely that's true. Like, if he if he really cares, he can he can he can walk tall and 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 talk all the talk he wants. But when he's when he's losing money, we'll know how serious. It might be the only one that seems that feels that this whole situation with Albert seems almost just a little bit like it's not that serious. Just the way Doug Marone has talked about it, the way everybody really has talked about it, is well, like, he, Doug eh, Mar- he'll show up. Doug Marone well, understands the and business. The thing about himself. Jacksonville and the Jaguars specifically compared to other organizations is the Jaguars haven't had a lot of players that are holding out in no. recent years. Yeah. They just haven't. They haven't yeah. had the star power. Yeah. They haven't had the players that are old enough to even hold out because this most is- of their players have been so young. On their rookie deals, you can't hold out on a rookie deal. Mm-hmm. The team can't give you a new deal if mm-hmm. they don't. Even if they wanted to, they couldn't give you one. So, um, it's interesting, uh, and it's just different for Jacksonville and Jacksonville media and the Jaguars fans. And it could be a thing where, yeah, as soon as as soon as it becomes mandatory and he starts losing money, he'll be there. It could be as simple as that. I think because there's plenty of guys, Michael Strahan, mm-hmm. to name one. They just don't want to go through the BS of yeah. the off season. They don't need to do it anymore. They know that. Which is now still Brandon crazy, Albert man. is not anywhere near <laughs> Michael Strahan's level of uh, competency on the football. Yeah, it's field. not like Tony Baselli's just missing an OTA. I think yeah. I think it might be it actually kind of similar to the Mojo situation where he might he he knows he this might be his last contract. Yeah, he's seeing what other guys are getting paid. Freaking. Um, what was it, Andrew Whitworth? Yeah, he got paid. got big money, but he's Matt still Khalil. playing at a much higher level than Brandon yeah. Albert did last year. But I mean, when guys like uh, what is it, the, one of the Khalils got signed by uh, the Panthers? Yeah, he's making ridiculous money. He's looking around and saying, "Man, I'm better than all these guys, and I'm three years younger." Then why did you say that you would come to Jacksonville and like what is the deal with? That? There were a lot of rumors that the deal would be sweetened. Yeah, you know he would be getting a restructured contract, and the then nothing sweet. sense. There's pools in the end zone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I mean, realistically though, like, are the Jaguars just being like, "Yeah, we lied, screw you"? Yeah, that's like, what's happening? It's 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 very strange. How yeah. they, he won't even contact them. Yeah. He finally reached out last week, yeah. yeah, but it wasn't much. Coughlin was pretty funny talking about that on Ten Ten XL too. Um, we won't belabor that point too much. There's some other fun stuff to get into. The Jaguars will be having joint practices with the Patriots. Hmm. Uh, there are going to be two joint practices prior to their preseason contest, which is the first preseason game for both teams. 
It's in New England. Jaguars will be practicing up there. What do we think about that? Is that exciting or what? I mean, awesome. I love it. Yeah. And See, it's like, also been said they're they're probably going to do the same thing with Tampa. Good. I mean, Marone said that. Actually. I think you get your best tape in practice. Like, yeah. To me, especially at this level, like to see how hard a guy goes in practice, especially against the the world champs. I mean, yeah. And they they're basically what everyone is trying to do. Yeah. They're the team that everyone's trying to let's see beat how, them or trying to beat them. Let's see how many times Dante Fowler taps off on Tom Brady. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's see if Jalen Ramsey can get a pick or two. But I mean, just just watch sitting, actually being able to experience how the world champion practices comes out. Mm-hmm. Just just look at precision, look at uh, the pace, just look at the, the small details. I think just watching how somebody practices, you always see a practice like you play. That, the Jaguars have been doing that for the last four years, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, <laughs> just just watch how the World Championship practices. That's the kind of work you need to do to to get to the top. Yeah, well, and I think it's also a good chance for the Jaguars. I don't think Tom Brady will play much, if <laughs> yeah. at all, yeah. one series. So maybe. I think it's a good chance for them to actually get to go against him yeah. a little bit. You know, so I think that's a great great idea. And you know, that's I think that's Tom Coughlin's. Yeah, coming into. I mean, Belichick and Coughlin yeah. are friends, so yeah. that's not a surprise. Obviously, to see them working together here. Um, Daly's place opening this weekend on Saturday, so they say. Hopefully, with uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band, who's a local band that's uh, kind of made it big for themselves, and that's pretty exciting. So, uh, I don't know if there's tickets even still available for that show or not. I yeah. doubt it. But uh, it should be awesome. It'll be interesting to see the place come together in the next few days. And hopefully the rain doesn't slow them down at all. I hope it's supposed to clear it tomorrow. So yeah. We'll see. They're going to have a lot of work to do <laughs> yeah. between like Thursday the, and Saturday. It's like the L.A. Stadium. They're getting, slowed, they're getting backed up by rain. Yeah. Well, it should be covered, right? <laughs> yeah, it is an indoor I mean, stadium. Technically, it's going to be an indoor <laughs> practice facility, but... Yeah. It's the whole building the outside part of it is the problem. <laughs> yeah. So, back to football. Brian Walters to IR. Yeah. You know what, though? I'm going to go ahead and say it. The biggest disappointment of the Brian Walters was some of the reports. Like, some of the some of the articles that were written about it. Kind of Such as? Just people kind of poking fun at Brian Walters. Saying like, "Oh, Brian Walters is hurt. There goes the Jaguar season." Like, right? Come on, grow up. Like, it's a, it, that was it's a bit of satire. Like, but it's, I understand it's satire. But at a certain point, you just grow up. Write an article that actually is you know serious for a second. Like, <laughs> no, I, I'm with you. And the thing about it is, it's pretty shitty to poke fun at an injury. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Now, Brian Walters being injured. Not going to have a huge impact on the team, obviously. I think there's competent guys behind him. The, um, the, only dip, the only impact I could see this having on our season is if he is the guy that designates to return. That'd be really the only... Which would be shocking. It, my, yeah, it would, that it would be, be the biggest impact but that Brian Walters makes on this team. He is a, he's a true safety net at yeah. return and at wide receiver. Because you can throw yeah. him out there at receiver and he's not going to screw you over. Yeah, well, he's, he's gonna play well. He's that guy in the room that at any moment you know can play something. Yeah. He might not do it great, but he's gonna be there. And he catches everything. Yeah, and he can catch. <laughs> you know. So now Victor Cruz visiting. Yeah. He's a guy that could play the same exact role <laughs> as a 
Ryan Walters. Now, Walters won't be out for the season, likely. He should be designated to return as early as week four. So what do we think about that? Does it make sense? Is it just Tom Coughlin giving his guy a visit to try to get some, uh, some you know, excitement built up around Cruz so maybe some other team will give him a job? What do you guys think about this one? It, to me, he's not that old. It's still a guy that can play football. Like, Hasn't when, completed a season since 2013. No, but when he's healthy, he, I mean, he he's a, a dude. Like, he's a good player. And does it hurt you if you bring him in? Like, the contract that you give him, is it really going to set you back that far? Um, not to mention, it would be a great, to me, it would be a great veteran presence. Like, he's a dude that's been there. He's seen everything. He knows so, how to work for Tom Coughlin. It, exactly. I think it's it'd be a good guy to bring in. You know, here you go. Look at this, how this guy works. You know? Um, I, I can see the appeal. I don't think it's a fit at all for either party. It doesn't. No, because for me, Victor Cruz should still be a team's third receiver. Yeah, he's not going to be that here. No, no. He (laughs) for for the position that he would be filling, he would need to be a special teamer. Um, He would. He'd be an all the best. He's a veteran guy who's had he's had a lot of success in the league at at one point before getting injured multiple times. So he's 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 got pride. I don't think he's going to be coming in to be a fourth or fifth wide receiver. No, to play special I think, teams. I agree. And I, I don't think he's going to play special teams. Yeah. And, you know, I agree that that probably makes it not a fit, but he could just if, be if, a body if, they want to throw in for if, camp. I don't think he would want to do that either, but who knows? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, hey, this is the position that we have available. You, have ob- you obviously have an opportunity to come in and beat any of the guys ahead of you, but... I mean, let him make that decision. If he wants to come in and try and beat out the guys, the worst case scenario is that he does it. Yeah. And he, you have another solid wide receiver. Yeah, and that kind of leads us into another guy that the team's visiting with, Orlando Franklin. He's at a position that's also deep for the Jaguars, <laughs> but not necessarily strong at the top, mm-hmm. which is guard. What do we? And he could also played right tackle, mm-hmm. so he could be. Either guard spot or right tackle. Not going to see him at left tackle. What mm-hmm. do you guys think? Struggled in San Diego. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard fan reactions over there. They aren't too sad to see him go. They yeah. drafted two rookies to replace him. Yeah. Um, I mean, for a team like us that just he, – he won't – I don't think he'll be too expensive. He's 29. He was um, really good in Denver, though. Yeah. Like – I know San Diego, he played pretty poorly, and, you know, he wasn't surrounded by much talent on that offensive line either. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's worth a shot. What do you think, Hunter? Yeah, I mean... Or do you think it might just overcomplicate what you already have? Like, you have enough. To me, that's what it seems like. Like, You already have enough depth at the offensive line. Why add another depth guy? Because he might not just be a depth guy. No. He might be good enough to be a starter. The only way you bring him in is if you have a about a 95% shot of him being a starter. You don't bring him in just to be a guy. Yeah. Like, you have guys. If you're going to do that, you, you should have went a, out and got a guy. You can get a camp body for much cheaper. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm with you there. So, I still think it would be... Not a bad signing. Though. No, it would, yeah. it would be an interesting signing. It's just not. If if it's a if it's a team friendly deal that we're not breaking the bank over it, I mean he's he's a player who much like Victor Cruz, well, without the injuries, without as much of an injury history, but he's 
shown that he he's got as much talent as any as almost any other guard in the league at one point in his career. Yeah, no question. Um, Malik Jackson. We feel very sorry for all of you that went out and bought a Malik Jackson jersey next or last year because he's changing his number from 90 back to 97, which is what he wore in Denver. So if you're listening to this show and you're just finding out that he switched his number, I'm very sorry. But you'll be like many other Jaguar fans who have jerseys that are no longer relevant. Oh yeah, you see yeah. that all oh, the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jones Drew jersey. I got, I mean, I got well, Jones Drew is always relevant. I've got a, but like you see like Matt Jones. You I've see got, like, a, Harris, I've got a Terrence Knighton jersey. It's better than walking around like. Forrest was good. For I thought he was going to be. I mean, the man. Mike Sims Walker jerseys. Reggie yeah. Williams. Justin Blackman. To me, oh, nothing is worse than walking around with a a Gabbert jersey. That's oh yeah. I don't know. I think Matt Jones ones are pretty funny. I stick with my. Those are really they are pretty funny. That or the Leftwich jerseys are awesome. Yeah. And there were so many left, which, and Matt Jones jerseys. There yeah, there were. At at this point, just you're better off going with an old school jersey, yeah. and just <laughs> waiting and see. Yeah, you might be pretty safe with Jalen Ramsey. <laughs> yeah. Now, for our final few minutes here, I wanted to get into Bortles and what he said. He talked about how this next month is the most important month for him of his career, and so is the next month after that, and yada yada. He's basically saying every moment from here out is most important. He also said it's really hard to put into words talking about last season, which I think is very reasonable. Mm -hmm. I mean, gosh, what a disaster it was. Blake Bortles, to me, seems like the other side of the tracks kind of kid that just got it right finally. Like, I don't know. He's like really blue collar to me. Yeah. Everything he does, everything he says is very blue collar. Like, and he, and he's, he owns he's up a straight it. shooter. Yeah. He doesn't back down from any criticism. No. He said his criticism deserved. Yeah. Uh, he's never done that. He's and not like what I would imagine. It's the opposite of Blaine Gabbard. Yeah. <laughs> like to me, he's what you actually want as a franchise quarterback. He's a guy that's going to come in. He understands his weaknesses. He understands where he was wrong. He's going to try and fix it. If you don't like what he's doing to fix it, okay, great. Thank you for your criticism. You know, but I'm trying to get better as my for myself and for my team. Like, I just I can appreciate Blake Bortles as a person and as a football player. So, yeah. yeah. Another interesting thing that he mentioned was how he thinks. He, that his uh, big-time mechanical issues last year were mostly based on footwork and not the fact that the ball was by his hip at the time. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and call BS on that. But, yeah. I, mean, you know I don't I, think that he really meant it that way. I think, no. he, I think what he meant is he knows about how his um, arm mechanics need to be, mm-hmm. and he's already known that, but he had to get <clears> – <throat> excuse me – a lot more proficient with his footwork in terms of how many steps he takes on his dropbacks and how precise those steps are because uh, Hackett's offense is going to be a timing-type offense. Yeah. And poor footwork well, dooms that and type I, offense. And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but when you're working on a, a throwing motion, you got you start from the bottom up. Get your feet right, get your base set. Yeah. As a quarterback, and go from there. your feet are yeah. the most important thing. You can throw that thing from your ankle, yeah. and you can be accurate. But if your feet aren't proper, 
you're never going to be accurate. Like it's the simplest thing. Like when I take my lead step, my you know my drive step, it's got to be just right. If I'm too open, then I can't close the gap, and I'm gonna throw it. You know, I'm gonna throw it over shot. If it's not quite big enough, then I'm just gonna throw that ball in the dirt because I close it too much. Like the feet are very important, but that doesn't change the fact he was throwing the ball, you know, from his hip. And you know? and in, injuries could have accounted for, you know, a degradation of yeah, of you, his arm movement. If you have a weaker shoulder or an elbow and it starts to wear on you, then you're gonna compensate mm-hmm. and you're gonna take a bigger motion because you don't want the same. Whip. You gotta really wind up and yeah, let the, it rip. the whip and the torque you put on that shoulder and the yeah. elbow is significant. But a lot of that could also contribute in what he could have been saying from his feet. If your feet and your hips and your legs aren't driving the ball, if you're not... You're all you got to do more with your arm. You're all, yeah. you're all dragging your arm. That's not good. No, and it's, I mean, there's a lot more than just dropping back and throwing football. Like, it's it's a lot more to that. And, you know, I mean, he knows. I'm sure he's spent the time in California to learn. So, I think at this point, you just kind of kind of take him for what he's saying. Really interesting... Uh little tidbit not about the Jaguars but it is related to Blake Bortles and his quarterback coaches um I see Scott he's he's looking at our countdown timer we just upgraded so we don't have to stick to exactly an hour anymore so we're gonna go over a little bit here but uh Carson Wentz yeah has worked with Adam Dido and Tom House the same quarterback coaches that Blake Bortles works with he worked with them this offseason and I saw a picture. Carson Wentz had like the same exact freeze frame yeah. of like walking like an Egyptian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same one you always see of Blake Bortles, yeah. and it was just so funny to see and uh, to see that he's also going to work out with the same guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was even funnier is today or yesterday, his head coach, who's yes. a new head coach. Oh, uh, Last year was his rookie season as a head coach. He's obviously been with Kansas City, and he was an assistant with Andy Reid in Philadelphia before that, uh, Doug Peterson. Um, He wasn't too pleased, it seemed like. It kind of... That's bizarre. The way he talked about Carson Wentz going out there kind of felt like he was offended. Like Like a jealous jealous ex-girlfriend. Right, but the thing about it is he's out there working with these coaches when he can't be working with you. Yeah. It's not like he's not working with you to go work out with these coaches. Yeah. He's not working out with you because he can't work out with you. And he he had a decent year <clears throat> last year. For he a rookie, beat, yeah. He, he trailed off yeah. a little, but he did a good job for a rookie. <clears throat> yeah, it's coming like from a, a small school. I did not expect... I didn't do half that well. I, I really I knew, did. I, I knew I've was, been high on Carson Wentz, and for everybody who said Jared Goff no, was better than Carson Wentz, Ugh. suck it. For everybody who said Greg Oden should be drafted in front of Kevin Durant, <laughs> suck it. <laughs> to all the people who have disagreed with me on the top picks in the past, you've probably been wrong. No, not I, I've been wrong on some quarterbacks before, but and some other. Other draft picks and you know NBA and all that, but when I sometimes I feel very strongly about it, and I yeah. felt very strongly last year that Carson Wentz was just light years in front of Jared Goff. Yeah, I know Jared Goff's pretty boy from California got the <laughs> arm, but he just reminded me way too much of Blaine Gabbert. Yeah, I mean he's not even as physically gifted as Gabbert. He might be a better thrower, but Gabbert had a much better. 
quarterback body in terms yeah. of his thickness and all that and athleticism. And uh, I, I, I would venture to say that I believe Blaine Gabbert knows where the sun rises and where it sets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Something that Jared Goff does that. not. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, good stuff there. But, um, sorry about my Carson Wentz Jared Goff rant. But now that we have three hours, we can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> Woo! Just kidding. We're going to try to keep it right around an hour still. And we'll let you guys know at the beginning of podcasts if we're going <laughs> to really go off on tangents and be here a while. But thanks again to Mike K. It was really enlightening talking to him. Obviously, we get to read his work all the time. But getting to ask him specific questions and having a nice dialogue was really fun. I'm sure you guys enjoyed it, too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird interacting with somebody who I'm like, just follow, you know, one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Just like, oh, You're yeah, fanboying a little bit, right? Yeah, now. I, I, re- I really is. am. I think we all were. <laughs> I mean, that's natural reaction. He's the first guest of the podcast. We're yeah. super happy to have him on. Thanks again, Mike, for coming. And uh, it, it make, <laughs> talking to him, it makes me realize just how how unprepared I am <laughs> to do any of this. And I'm just like, yeah, he was extremely prepared. Like yeah. every question, he was on the money with yeah. stats. Yeah. Everything. Like a whole he was other, good to go. A whole other level. <clears throat> but it's, but it's I mean, awesome. when you're doing this 24 seven, I think yeah. some of that stuff just starts to become second nature and i've noticed that i don't work 24 7 on the jags Mm -hmm. but i do it a lot obviously on a daily basis um so yeah i mean talking to mike was awesome and make sure to follow him i'm gonna try to remember his uh, twitter handle right now i believe it's at mike underscore e underscore k k is k y k a y e so yeah Make sure to follow him on Twitter and also check out his Facebook page. He has a page just for his um, his writing. It's uh, like a fan page. You can go like the page. and st- It's not like you're sending him a friend request. Because he doesn't want to be friends with you, probably. Let's be honest. He doesn't <laughs> no, know you. He seems like a nice guy. Let's not give him a <laughs> He probably rap. would accept your friend request anyways. <laughs> even if he didn't know who you are because he's such a nice guy. But yeah, make sure to go check him out. Uh, you can find all his work on First Coast News website, if you click on the sports tab and click on Jags, you'll see him all over the place on that. And uh, you can follow all of us. Follow Scott Klein at Scott Klein one on Twitter. That's K-L-E-I-N-1. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hunter Evans is Coach H underscore Evans. Boom. I've got it down now. Boom. I'm just like a little whiz over oh, here. Remember these Twitter handles. Not as many underscores. It's not as, it's yeah. not as complicated. But Mike, Mike replaced him <laughs> yeah. as the man with many underscores. <laughs> you know, somebody's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> he passed the torch. Big shoes to fill, but he did it. Yeah, and then uh, follow myself, at Jordan DeLugo. J-O-R-D-A-N-D-E-L-U-G-O. That's the first time I've ever spelled out Jordan for anyone for my Twitter handle on this show. <laughs> Just feeling generous today. It's the right way to spell. But you should know how to spell Jordan. <laughs> Being generous today. I'm just in a good mood. We got to talk to Mike. We had our first guest. You know, we've got all these good bold city beers that are starting to make us. Uh, we got all. We got all this get a little time. antsy in our pantsy here. We've got three hours to record. It's just my goodness. But we won't bore you with our uh, banter too much longer here. Again, you can find Generation Jaguar on. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar on Twitter at Generation Jag. You can find us on SoundCloud, 
on iTunes podcasts. And you can also check out the website, genjag.com. All the latest news and analysis. We've got videos. We've got it all for you there. And uh, we've also got a membership program. We host tailgates for every Jaguars home game. You get a drink for free if you become a member. You get a koozie sticker, member card. All sorts of fun stuff. Go to genjag.com slash membership.html to find out more information. You can also sit with us. Excuse me, this year we've got our own seating section, section 216. So if you're looking to get some Jaguar season tickets or some single game tickets, sit with us in 216. We're definitely going to have a damn good time, whether you're there or not. But we'd like you to be there, yeah. you know? The more the merrier. So that's going to do it for our podcast today. We're super happy to have Hunter Evans back. Yeah. Hopefully for an extended period of time. At least a little bit. <laughs> he's con- no contract. he's contractually yeah. obligated for many many years <laughs> many many years that's what the contract says and he signed it yeah. did I? he signed it <laughs> we have his signature we have our lawyers you're locked in Hunter damn well the beer's good the beer is good <laughs> the company's <Thanks>. okay <laughs> <laughs> thanks again to Bold City Brewery for sponsoring the podcast you guys are the best and thanks to all of our listeners for checking us out every week. Uh, our most recent episode is almost at 150 listens on SoundCloud, which is by far the most we've had on SoundCloud. Beautiful. Thank you guys you so guys much for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. That's going to do it for us. Go Jags. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.